North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, all of you beautiful, lovely, amazing people. This is Dr. Lowe. You're listening to Dr. Lowe Radio. Thank you so much for joining me for another show. This is the show where you hear the very best in natural medicine and nutrition. And this is kind of a fun topic tonight. Not something I've ever talked about on the show before. And this is about how to control an overactive libido. It's definitely not something I see often in my practice. Most people are coming in because they say they don't have enough of a sex drive, but there are actually many people, millions of people who are dealing with an overactive libido, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight and how to deal with that naturally. So I'm really excited about this topic. I think it's I think a lot of people are going to tune into this that feel like maybe they uh, there's really nothing for them or maybe they thought it was just kind of normal, but there are actually some things in your diet, in your lifestyle that can be contributing to an overactive libido, and there's also things you can do to help to bring that down. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Plus, for people who are listening who maybe already have libido issues, it might be, it might actually be because you're doing some things in your diet or maybe you're taking a supplement that's making it go down. So maybe some of the things we'll talk about tonight, you might want to actually take, take out of your routine. So very interesting topic. Before I bring on my guest, just want to announce that I will be speaking at Paleo FX this week. Um, so it will be in Austin, Texas. If you're going to be heading down there, definitely come by and say hi. I'd love to see your faces. I never really know who's listening to the show. I see the numbers and see you know how many people are listening, but to actually see your face would be wonderful. So come and say hi if you see me. And yeah, so let's jump right into the show. So tonight I have a guest, Dr. James I don't know if it's Ellist or Elis because he's new to the show, but Dr. Ellis is in private practice in Beverly Hills, California since 1982, specializing in urology. His major areas of specialty are impotency, uh, male sexual dysfunction, and infertility. He's been chairperson as well as member of committees at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center and other hospitals. He was named by Los Angeles Magazine as the best plastic surgeon of urology uh, in 1998. And he's also has received the National Leadership Award and has been elected as Honorary Co-Chairman Physician Advisory Board for the U.S. Congress. Dr. Ellis is actually not too far from me since I'm in San Diego. So, Dr. Ellis, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's so great to have you. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do I pronounce your name correctly? I don't want to... Ellis. Ellis. It was correct. Okay. It was correct. Sure. Ellis. Yes. Thank awesome. you. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. And and I would love to know a bit more about you personally because I haven't really met you before. So, it's just it's great to, to have you on as a, a new face. So tell me a little bit more about you. What has you get into this area of medicine? Do you have a personal story that this brought you to? Is it maybe someone that you knew, or is it just just a general interest for you? Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I started uh, my residency at George Washington University, and when I was uh, in general surgery, I have a one-month rotation in urology, going through different departments, and just to get acquainted with different subspecialty before I choose the one that I like. Uh, and I find out something very, very interesting in the Department of Urology, which I didn't see in orthopedic surgery, heart surgery, or any other department. Uh, 
And uh, the main point for me was to help one patient. Actually, you were helping the family. When I entered to infertility division and male sexual division, I find out a man come to me and ask for help regarding his low sperm. When I do the treatment and increase his sperm count, his wife gets pregnant. Always she's very, very appreciative. And it's very interesting. Just with one, you get a family happy. And that was the same thing for male sexual dysfunction. I find out, unfortunately, many couples going through divorce or family problem because of erectile dysfunction. And by helping one, you can bring the family together. And that was very, very challenging, important, interesting, and something that always I was looking in my life, you know, just to help the family. And I find out, you know, the vision of urology is something that does help really in this matter. Later on, I did some clinical study regarding the smoking and impotency. And I find out that there is a direct relationship between smoking and erectile dysfunction. And then through that part, I became more and more interested in erectile dysfunction, male sexual dysfunction, libido, and uh, some clinical study regarding also male fertility, different division of uh, different surgeries, different treatment. So I become more and more interested in these two divisions of urology. And at the present time, this is my main interest, male sexual dysfunction as well as male infertility. Great. Well, it's it's so great that there's, you know, a doctor out there is treating patients in this kind of way, and it's it's something that I think guys are, are oftentimes, you know, embarrassed to talk about. It's something they don't want to talk about oftentimes with their doctor. So, um, so it's you know, it's important. And you have a very... Uh, very, I think, welcoming kind of energy. So I can see that patients would really like to work with you. So it's, it's Thank awesome. You. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you very Let's much. Let's dive Thanks into a, a little bit more about libido. Um, taking a step back, what's libido exactly? Where is this impulse manufactured in, in the body? Uh, that's another interesting point also. Libido and sexual uh, desire, which is sexual desire, of course, you know, and uh, uh, erectile dysfunction. Within the past 10, 15 years, fortunately, the matter of sexual dysfunction in male and female uh, is actually out of closet. We're talking more and more about it. Now, since Viagra came out, most men feel much more comfortable. As you said, it was very, very uncomfortable for men and of course, and for women at the present time also, to come and talk about their sexual desire or, unfortunately, sexual dysfunction. Uh, most of the men that were coming to our office years ago, before Viagra and before uh, erectile dysfunction becomes so popular that even you see advertisement on ABC, NBC, in the interna- national and international media, they were coming to the office and they said, I have a problem with my prostate. And then gradually, if they feel comfortable and close to their physician, then they were talking about a little bit about erectile dysfunction. Now these days, it's very common. It's very comfortable. They're very comfortable coming to the office and they talk about erectile dysfunction as well as libido and desire. And we see every day 
low-T advertisement on TV, and we hear about that on the radio regarding testosterone. Libido is sexual desire. It's when men or women, they have attraction to their opposite sex or to their partner. Let's put it this way. You know, it's better to say their partner. So libido is sexual desire. Libido in men, it comes out of their testosterone. Men who do have high testosterone and low estrogen, men do have estrogen also, which is very interesting. That uh, initiates their sexual desire and their libido. When testosterone goes down, which is usually, it decreases about age 30, 35, one person every year, their sexual desire diminish and decrease. There are certain kind of diseases, such as alcoholism, fatigue, depression, anxiety, high cholesterol, and men who are overweight, they decrease their testosterone more than one person every year. It goes up to two or three person. And that's the time we see symptoms of low testosterone and low desire, low sexual desire, low libido. Usually they're very tired. They get tired fast. They don't have desire for sexual activity. Uh, they don't want to get involved in the same kind of sport or activities that they used to do before. They fall asleep after dinner. They're very tired, fatigued, angry, sometimes depressed. And unfortunately, some of this group of men has been diagnosed as a depression. They think you know, they have depressive uh, disorder and uh, they try to treatment for the uh, depression. These are the group of people that I find out in my practice. Most of the time, they have low testosterone. And by measuring their testosterone and increasing their testosterone, they get better. They become happy. They, and they're not grumpy anymore. They're enjoying their life. They would like to get involved if they were playing tennis or golf before, and now they quit. They would like to go back. They would like to have a sexual relationship. And uh, that's very, very important, this diagnosis of uh, low testosterone and treatment of low testosterone in men, very, very important. Mm -hmm. Why do some of these symptoms happen? Because uh, exactly the same way, the same terminology that we have for women, uh, we have menopause, we have uh, andropause, or male menopause also, we have it. It's the same as low testosterone, the same way that in uh, women we have a low estrogen. By the way, it is very interesting to understand that estrogen is common in men and women. And when testosterone goes down, the level of testosterone goes down in men, the level of estrogen will increase. And sometimes you see men who have a little bit big belly, they have large breasts also. And usually they ask, why, why, why does it happen? You know, it does happen because of estrogen, because of a female hormone. Men and women, both of them, they share their hormone, but the only difference is the level. The level of testosterone in men is very high. The level of testosterone in women are very low. The same is estrogen. Estrogen is very high in uh, women and very low in men. 
And there are certain kind of product. You're expert in natural product, and I'm sure you know about this, that there are certain kind of natural product as well as some chemical product which does uh, decrease their uh, testosterone. And uh, one of the most common one, you know, is uh, licorice. Uh, licorice is uh, acting directly by uh, decreasing uh, their testosterone and increasing estrogen. Because it does increase estrogen, it decreases testosterone, so it uh, does decrease their uh, desire. Uh, another one is uh, uh, peppermint tea, and uh, one of the most famous one is saw palmetto. Saw palmetto tablets and berries are very, very famous for the treatment of enlarged prostate. And uh, one of the reasons that it does help in some studies, they find out that it does decrease the size of the prostate. And in some studies, they find out, you know, it doesn't have uh, that kind of effect. But generally, we know that it does increase estrogen. And when, it, when the estrogen goes high, goes up, uh, unfortunately, testosterone goes down. And that is another way just uh, to decrease their sexual desire and sexual libido. Uh, there are certain kind of medication, unfortunately, most men uh, are not aware of that, which they take it even with the recommendation of their physician. And sometimes, uh, unfortunately, the side effects of these uh, products are decreasing testosterone and decreasing libido. One of the most famous, which I have seen a lot of them, is Propecia. Propecia is a product um, for originally at high dose, uh, Propecia is one milligram. At five milligram was uh, uh, made for uh, enlargement of the prostate to decrease the size of the prostate. And later on the company decided to use it at the lower dosage for hair growth. So most of the young men do take Propecia just to, for hair growth. One of the major side effects of Propecia is uh, to decrease the sexual desire and in some cases, unfortunately, even erectile dysfunction. And there has been some cases that uh, unfortunately it was irreversible. And men went through this low testosterone and low desire or erectile dysfunction. Uh, unfortunately, even after they stopped the medication, they were not able uh, to get their uh, erection or desire back. And Prozac, is, uh, Zoloft, is in the same uh, category of uh, medication and uh, some of the very strong uh, pain medications such as uh, Vicodin, Oxycodone, uh, these are also a group of uh, medication, anti-anxiety medications also, another group also. All of them, uh, unfortunately, uh, they can work directly sometimes to stop the formation of testosterone and decrease testosterone and uh, some of them they can increase estrogen and by increasing estrogen uh, they can decrease 
uh, libido and uh, sexual desire. So we see around ourselves you know, that there are many kind of natural products as well as chemical products that we use uh, and uh, certain kind of uh, lifestyle that we have. Patients who drink a lot, alcoholic, uh, gaining weight. When you have uh, a lot of fat in your uh, body, it does uh, uh, absorb testosterone and change testosterone to estrogen. So men who are overweight, unfortunately, they have low testosterone and they have high estrogen. So their sexual desire, sexual libido uh, has uh, decreased. So these are the group of uh, people and these are the group of medications that we have to be very, very careful. And when they come to the office, we have to ask them about certain kind of product or certain kind of lifestyle or certain kind of uh, natural product that they take. And we go from there and uh, try to treat them uh, by increasing and giving them uh, testosterone. Unfortunately, uh, the result has been very, very uh, satisfactory. Mm. That's really interesting because a lot of these things no one would ever think would actually decrease sex drive. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of guys out there who are taking licorice because they think it helps their adrenal function or drinking, you know, peppermint tea for digestion and, and it's actually mm-hmm. decreasing their, their testosterone. So it's it's really interesting. And and I kinda wanna take a step back and look at this concept of hyperactive libido. You know, we've had mm-hmm. guests on the show before and talked about how to boost sex drive, but Let's talk about like what actually causes hyper libido, and, and and this is something you I, I assume you see more in your population of treating men, but is this something that also can be in men and women? Yes, it can be in both of them. Uh, Sometimes you know it comes from anything, any kind of uh, activities you know that we perform. Uh, I've seen men that they come and say, oh, uh, my uh, desire, libido is very high. And say, what do you do special? You know, what are you doing? And I say, oh, I'm uh, watching porno most of the time at night. Okay? So they have external stimulation on themselves. So that definitely, you know, it does increase a little bit of their libido and desire, although it's artificial but that that's the way you know they try to bring in their mind you know constantly thinking about you know their uh, sex or sexual activity or there are a group of uh, uh, people that uh, uh, unfortunately you know they try you know to boost their uh, testosterone there are a group of people you know that, that they try you know to get uh, more and more testosterone and add it you know to their diets through certain kind of uh, products or by injection and uh, unfortunately bodybuilders you know sometimes they do that to increase their uh, muscle uh, uh, volume and uh, also as a bodybuilder you know of course you know they would like to have very very attractive body but uh, testosterone at one end, which is successful for these guys, you know, just to boost their libido. At the other end, unfortunately, it does decrease the size of their testicle. I do see a lot of men, unfortunately, that after taking years and years of testosterone for any kind of non-medical reason, and we find out, you know, that the size of their testicle has decreased and become atrophic testicle. So they need testicular implant. You know, have a design 
for uh, testicle because their size of their scrotum has decreased, so they need testicular implant. And sometimes you know, even has some uh, kind of a negative effect in uh, other organs, you know, their uh, sexual organs also. That's something they have to be very, very careful. And number two, which is very important, although testosterone does not form or produce cancer of prostate, but if a patient, unfortunately, has cancer of prostate and uh, use testosterone without physician supervision, he can uh, awaken the cells, the cancer cells that have been sitting in his prostate, and unfortunately he can uh, uh, have uh, cancer prostate. Again, it's very important to understand. Testosterone does not produce or does not cause cancer of prostate. This has been proved. But a patient who has cancer of prostate, which is not diagnosed, or a patient who has a cancer of prostate, which is diagnosed, if he takes testosterone, unfortunately, the cancer can grow fast, and even sometimes it can spread through his body. So when we talk about libido, which is very nice part, you know, is a sexual desire. Everybody would like to have that sexual desire, and this is part of our life that definitely everybody is entitled to. At one point also, we have to be very careful just by treating and uh, substituting testosterone in our body. It can cause certain kind of harm. It can decrease the size of the testicle. And also, if there is, if, again, I put it if, because it does not cause the cancer, but it uh, makes the cancer to grow, to grow faster. And if a patient has cancer prostate, unfortunately, it can spread it through his uh, body. So always we do testosterone level with PSA. PSA stands for prostatic specific antigen, and this is the uh, protein that we can measure in our blood, in men's blood system. It's a very, very simple blood test, and uh, men above age 45 or 50, based on past history. If somebody has a history of cancer prostate in their family, father, grandfather, uncle, they have cancer prostate, they have to do it at age 45. And if they don't have it, they can start a little bit later in their, uh, around age 50. And uh, they can do it once a year. And at a certain point, you know, they can do it every six months. And uh, just monitor their uh, PSA. If they notice that the PSA is going up, a few patients that unfortunately I find out, even their PSA was normal, and their testosterone was low. But as soon as I start to give them testosterone, fortunately, because I've been monitoring these patients, after a few months, I noticed that PSA is elevating. So it was an alarming sign. I sent the patient for the biopsy, and unfortunately, we find out you know, that he has the cancer. So this patient... <clears throat> 
always he tells me, you know, that if I never start testosterone, I didn't know that I have cancer of prostate. And that is very true. Sometimes, you know, even we stimulate. In some cases that we are suspicious, we stimulate prostate with testosterone to see if there is any changes. And if we, if we notice <clears throat> and we monitor PSA and we find out PSA is gradually is moving up, so we send the patient for biopsy. Sometimes biopsy is negative, thanks God. But unfortunately, we had cases, you know, that the biopsy has been positive and we were able to make the diagnosis at the earlier stage before it becomes uh, dangerous. Mm-hmm. So hey, doc, talking about sorry, good thing, we have to talk about me, the other side also. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry to, sorry to interrupt. I love, I love the content you're saying. Um, for the sake of time, and I don't want to go in too many directions, if you don't mind, I want to bring it back a bit to the concept or the, to the topic of the hyperactive libido. Sure. Um, we've done, we've actually done a couple shows on cancer um, treatment and prostate. And so mm-hmm. I want to, I want to bring it back to the topic of the, the hyperactive libido. So what I hear you saying is that higher testosterone, if a man has too high of a testosterone, that's one cause of, of hyper libido, correct? Are there any other causes that you've seen in your practice that can contribute to a higher libido, both for men and for women? And and then if there is a higher libido, what are some of the things that can help to remedy for that? I know you mentioned that there's the, the peppermint tea. You mentioned the licorice. Um, but I want to get into, you know, really staying with this particular topic because I think it's really interesting. So first off, what what do you see that causes too high of libido for men and women and then after that, what are some things you've seen that can help to address that? Okay. And, and definitely, as I told you, you know, testosterone has something to do with that part also. And sometimes, you know, there the, are uh, certain kind of glands that they are overactive in our body, like adrenal glands and other ones, you know, they can cause uh, this uh, uh, hyper libido. And I told you, you know, there are some uh, external factors also that uh, uh, men uh, do have uh, for themselves, you know, by uh, stimulating more, you know, their mind, their brain, their eyes, their ears, and uh, that will also uh, can cause uh, uh, hyper libido. Uh, to decrease that one, um, exercise is one of the most important thing. Okay, it releases tension and uh, relieves uh, sexual stress and uh, high libido. Uh, sometimes, you know, it can uh, uh, body response, you know, to uh, exercise. And uh, we keep ourselves, you know, divert our mind from that kind of uh, sexual uh, activities or uh, sexual uh, desire. Uh, going back, you know, to the same natural products, you know, that we were talking about, or sometimes, you know, we use uh, antidepressants. I use Zoloft for some men that I find out, you know, that they have uh, um, hyperactive uh, uh, libido. And uh, I find out, you know, it works well for the uh, short period of time if they would like, you know, to use it. And uh, uh, as we discussed, you know, the licorice and other things, you know, they have some effect, but it varies, you know, in uh, different uh, people. Uh, I find out, you know, that saw palmetto, as we discussed also, that can decrease their uh, sexual desire. And uh, I use sometimes, you know, comfort oil also. That's another essential oil uh, that I can use it for these people. They can uh, rub it, you know, to their chest, you know, and that uh, 
scent also that relieves uh, a little bit uh, their uh, hypersexual uh, activity. Uh, there is nothing major that we can pinpoint and say uh, this disease cause. There is no disease, of course. There is no syndrome. And uh, as we discussed, you know, it's just a matter of uh, testosterone and also external or internal uh, mental stimulation that can cause uh, hyperlibido. And uh, the best way I find out also uh, in my practice, as I told you sometime in uh, severe cases, I went with Zoloft. And in uh, mild to moderate cases, I was able to handle that one with uh, uh, exercise, which can mm -hmm. uh, release and decrease the stress and tension or attention of the people that they have it, and also diversion of their mind. Try to ask them, you know, to read certain kind of book, listen to music, and relax their mind and their brain. So stimulation mainly, I think, in these people are from their brain, and uh, it's not that much uh, like the natural libido from testosterone, although high testosterone also can cause that but mainly it should be partly mental and uh, some hormonal element in it. Yeah, one of the things I think is really interesting you mentioned is, is um, alcohol. And, you know, me having a naturopathic background, we, we do a lot of training in herbal medicine and study the effects of those. And, and one of the things we will use oftentimes for patients with hyperactive libido is, is actually hops. So doing a mm -hmm. formula, you know, maybe creating a tea from scratch and putting in some hops in there, that can that can be helpful. Typically, we use it for women, actually, because it can help to boost their estrogen. But it's interesting that, you know, so many men drink so much beer and don't even mm -hmm. know that these that this that hops that's in the beer can actually decrease their libido by increasing their estrogen. And uh, and I'm not telling the listeners who have a hyperactive libido to go and drink a bunch of beer because I don't <laughs> think that's going to be the best approach. But it's just interesting to know that if you're going to the beer, you're hit, you know, or if you're going to the bar, hit, hit, you know, hitting the bar on a regular, drinking a lot of beer, this could actually be increasing your estrogen, affecting your libido, and and really could contribute to erectile dysfunction. And it it in just three beers is enough to start to decrease sexual desire. So I think that's very fascinating, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people know that. That's an excellent point. That was excellent point, very good point. Actually, this is something, you know, that uh, is very interesting because uh, it does have uh, effect, as you uh, mentioned, on the liver and uh, anything, you know, which uh, has effect on the liver, which is source of cholesterol, can decrease testosterone also, and as you mentioned, you know, increase estrogen. And uh, I'm sure you know, you know better than me about soybeans or any kind of products that you know, comes from the soybeans because that disrupts you know, the balance of uh, testosterone and estrogen also. So if you get two cups of soybean or uh, uh, something about 12 cups of soy milk, uh, anything which has soy, uh, definitely it has uh, uh, estrogen, and that uh, changes the balance of estrogen and uh, testosterone. And as somebody who's expert in uh, natural uh, product, you know uh, very well that uh, men who do take uh, uh, soy and uh, in some countries like China, that they use uh, a lot of uh, soy uh, product. And their prostate, the 
Actually, when I was traveling to China years ago, I was a medical director of Pfizer at China, and I noticed the cancer prostate is not that common in this country. And later on, I find out, you know, that mainly has to do with their diet. And the cancer of bladder was very high, and that was related to smoking. The smoking can cause cancer of bladder. So these two things also has been proved in different countries and different areas. We can find out based on their diet, sometimes uh, any changes under prostate or any of those urological uh, urology department. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get into the the mental aspect of this. I think that hyper libido, in, in my view, is very much related to um, to the psychology. Uh, I have a question, a Facebook question that relates to this, and this is um, the question: is is addiction to porn? This is your in your um, in your opinion: is is addiction to porn a consequence of physiology or of psychology? And how do men get that under control when they have too much of a drive? So not enough, but actually too much of a drive. How do they get that under control in, in your experience? Um, I, I think personally watching uh, porno and having that kind of feeling that they would like to have desire, uh, it comes a lot with their mental situation. Uh, definitely, they have been something happened through their childhood. Definitely, through through their teen or a certain period of their life, uh, they have some kind of issue that at this point in time they get more and more attracted to porno. Uh, I had a patient. Still, I do. I know him for almost uh, 25 years. He's not married yet, at, even at age 60. And uh, one of his passion was uh, just to uh, go to the sex shop or go to any place, you know, that uh, uh, watch any, anything, uh, any picture, video, or any kind of equipment, devices, anything, you know, which has related you know, to sex. And he said, I never, I, I cannot stop myself. Although he had so many medical problems, and he was coming to me actually for his prostate problem, because always, you know, he had uh, issues with that uh, uh, situation. But uh, mentally, he admits that I cannot stop myself. I cannot do anything else, you know. And uh, he never got married, you know, because always his imagination was something that uh, tried to give him um, desire, libido, attraction. So always it, it was his mind and his brain. So I think, you know, definitely a, a major part of this problem is uh, psychological. But as I told you, you know, we see sometimes, you know, with... Uh, adenomas or with the tumors or with the uh, adrenal gland or with the hypertestosterone also, which happens in some cases. Some of the people, they do have it. So when we cannot uh, make the diagnosis of pathology or anything uh, physiologic, over-physiologic actually in their uh, body, uh, definitely it's something, you know, that these people... 
should uh, be treated you know, by the psychologist. And um, again, as I uh, discussed, you know, diverting their mind sometimes can help. I've seen also some of the people, you know, that they had other issue came to their mind, you know, going to uh, exercise, trying, you know, travel, reading, or uh, learning something. Sometimes, you know, by learning, they try, you know, to divert their mind, learning another language, something, you know, which divert and challenge their mind to something else. It, this has been helpful in some of these people. Yeah, I I really agree with that. There's um it makes me it reminds me of a TED talk that I saw about a year ago on it's called the Great Porn Experiment. It was put on by Gary Wilson and he was talking about the the actual brain effects of addiction to porn and how it mm-hmm. it really does affect uh you know, sexual responsiveness. It it he mm-hmm. talks about withdrawals, um just addiction related brain changes that that uh porn actually creates. I highly recommend for everyone listening to go and, and watch this video. So just um, YouTube, you can just look up the Great Porn Experiment, and it's uh, fascinating. And I, I'm sure you see this a lot with your in your practice, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That that's something you know that uh, uh, un- unfortunately uh, I noticed that it's very very difficult for these people just to quit when they start getting back to the normal situation sometimes you know it's very very difficult for them but i'm sure it is possible definitely you know with a good treatment with the psychological treatment you know definitely it is possible and uh, i'm sure you know it can be achieved yeah what about with women uh, I know that we've we've been take, talking mainly about men at this point, but do you? I know you you treat mainly men in your practice, but what what are some things that you think could be um, associated with women with an overactive sex drive, and then also what can be done to help them? Uh, sexual desire and sexual drive, I find out, you know, most of the time in uh, women is from their brain. Women they make love with their brain. That that's. To me, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, it's something, you know, that I have seen it. And most men that they come to my office and they talk about their uh, relationship with their partner, when I ask them, uh, why, why do you think, you know, you need any kind of medication or anything? And unfortunately, most men, you know, they complain about their woman, uh, their wife, you know, that uh, or their partner, you know, that she's cold, she's not interested, she's not this and that. And when I ask them a little bit more, I find out, you know, that unfortunately there is some underlying situation with her. The financial situation, the relationship is not that good, okay? He is not compassionate. He is not patient. He is not caring. So there are so many factors that is not physical, and it's mainly mental. For women, I put always the category about 90% of their sexual relationship always comes from their brain. And this is mm-hmm. very, very important. And the proof of that one, you know, is very easy. There's no need to go too far. I'm sure all of us have seen women that they're in the stage of menopause or pass through the stage of menopause. 
that their hormone level you know, is not the way that it used to be 10, 20, or 30 years before. But it's still they have their sexual desire. It's still they are attractive. It's still they would like to have sexual activity. Why, when their hormones is so low, still they would like to have it? I don't see that one in men. In men, as soon as their testosterone level just become imbalanced, usually they lose their desire. They cannot get an erection, and they don't want to have sexual activity. But it's very interesting in women. Even at that stage of their life, which some of them, um, they're not very happy with it, okay, and some of them are very happy. Actually, I saw a woman said, my menopause is the best thing happening in my life because now I can have sex as, many, as often as I want, you know, there is no mm-hmm. limitation in my life, okay, because I don't get my period, so I can even have sex those days also. So it was very, very interesting when I see, and most of the time, fortunately, when men and women, they come, you know, and men come for erectile dysfunction, I have opportunity also sometimes talk to their wives and find out, you know, why something like this, because sometimes men do exaggerate a little bit on the good side. So oh, I, I do get the erection, you know, that often, and she says, no, it's not, this has been for a long time. We had this problem for a long time. And usually I ask them about their relationship, and I try to build up both of them. And the reason is, when I do treat men, sometimes, unfortunately, when they go back, even with the surgery, when I do the penile implant surgery and they go back, still they're not happy because they were not happy in their marriage because they are not satisfied you know, with their relationship. So even having good erection also does not help them. So we need something a little bit deeper. And that's the reason always I try to find out the source of problem. The source, of course, you know, sometimes is physical, diabetes, hypertension, or other things. But uh, definitely there is another part also, which is the uh, relationship, whatever they mm-hmm. bring to their marriage. And that, that has been also very important. But again, women do make love with their brain. Mm-hmm. So are you saying a woman who has too high of a sex drive has she's thinking about it too much, is that what you're saying? Or maybe, I mean, I'm thinking about probably something in the past, even like sexual abuse or something like that, that has her hyper-identify with, with being overly sexual and maybe not feeling comfortable to go into, you know, places of more emotional kind of significance. Um, that's that's what I'm kind of thinking. But, but or do you not really see this very often where women have too high of a sex drive? Is it even a problem if you have a high of a sex drive? <laughs> that, that's right. You don't that, uh, uh, find a man you know is not happy with his wife. You know that would like to have sexual activity every night. You know who who, who is complaining about that? Nobody is complaining about that kind of situation. So hyperactive sexual activity. You know because again it comes you know with the passion of their brain. So there is no problem with that one. Okay, and I don't think, you know, porn or watching porn or any kind of this situation is that much problem with women. I don't, I, I don't think so. You know, I haven't seen that study. I'm sure you know, there's a study about just to watch that part also to see the same way that we were talking about men and porn and other issues. Do we talk about uh, 
women also they they watch you know porn movie I I, I haven't heard you know, so definitely I have to do a little bit of study on that part and also find out what's going on but you're absolutely right even if it's yeah. hyperactive yeah. God bless them I, why not and I see <laughs> well I see it as more of a problem if it's interfering with you know just the goals you have in your life and the just daily life but. Uh, I have to say in my, you know, five years of practicing at this point, I've never really seen a woman who says, my sex drive's too too high, help me. It's like mm-hmm. all of them are like, I just have no interest. My husband's amazing. He's just so, so you know, understanding, and I just don't want to do it. So, but on the flip side, I have seen men who have had this issue. Um, you know, if they're just like, I just, you know, it's all I think about. And um, so... so, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Now, I will say for women who, I just know in terms of, herbal treatments, natural treatments, chaste tree or Vitex is one in particular that mm-hmm. for you, for those of you listening who haven't been my patient, you're a woman and you do have too high of a sex drive, or even, even men can, can take this as well. Um, chaste tree or Vitex is, is a great option to, to add that in. And that, that can help to decrease um, excess testosterone. It's actually something that we'll use for women with PCOS, so polycystic ovary syndrome, who tend to have mm-hmm. high testosterone because it can help to, to decrease that. So that's do you do you use that um, also? Yes, um, and also you know, to, uh, for women you know, that they have low sexual desire, you know, sometimes we use testosterone ointment. Uh, I find out you know very low dose of uh, testosterone ointment. And uh, using that one uh, internal, and that can decrease their desire and their libido. Sometimes, you know, if they feel that uh, really they want it, but they are not in that kind of mood. So, um, I have uh, many of my uh, patients' partner that usually they ask. Now you treat my husband, and he's fine, and he's using uh, treatment or after surgery, he's uh, he's, uh, more active on uh, sexual activity. How about me? Uh, Usually uh, I use in my practice, uh, sometimes uh, based on uh, their past history and, of course, the mammogram and other studies which has been done, I give them uh, 1% testosterone gel that they use on the external vagina, and uh, it it does help them a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we just kind of flew through this show, so I want to just do a recap for, for you guys listening. The different things we mentioned that can be helpful as, as anti-aphrodisiacs are hops, licorice. We talked about two essential oils, camphor and marjoram. We talked about peppermint tea, also mm-hmm. chaste tree, which is also called Vitex, talked about salt palmetto and you mentioned exercise and then when it's really necessary even some medications like propecia or zoloft if it's getting to be you know an, uh, like a real problem um another thing i've actually heard of is is green tea i think uh i think it's like four cups or more i want to say green tea can help can actually decrease testosterone um mm-hmm. so that's that's another one i know of but I think that was the list. Is there anything else that, that you mentioned I didn't include? Uh, just uh, sometimes, you know, antihistamines, you know, such as uh, uh, some men, I see that they take Advil PM or Tylenol PM, you know, which is antihistamine, or take Benadryl or uh, some of these uh, Claritin or anything. And that can decrease also their sexual desire. Now, that's something, you know, we have to tell them, be very careful. Because some men, you know, they want to sleep a little bit better at night. You know, they say, oh, I take one Advil PM or Tylenol PM. 
uh, it has uh, some antihistamine and I can sleep better, that will decrease their sexual desire also. So that's something mm-hmm. you know, they have to be careful. Awesome. Very interesting topic. For people listening, how can they learn more about some of these topics that we talked about today? Any any recommendations? Um, of course, and all, all this information on the, my website. I'd we'll be more than happy you know, just to go there and look at my website, www.drlist.com. We have uh, all these informations and more also regarding uh, decreasing libido, increased libido, uh, sexual desire, and sexual activities, erectile dysfunction, all of them. They're on my website, and uh, if there's any question or anything, I'll be more than happy and just send the email, and uh, we'll be more than happy to respond. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. Sure. My pleasure. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Awesome. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, you guys, that is the show. Thank you so much for listening. Very interesting topic. Love that. And uh, if you guys would like to uh, learn more, drellis.com is D-R-E-L-I-S-T.com. You can also check out any of the previous shows at drlowradio.com. And if you're a patient wanting to work with me, maybe you'd like to work together, maybe look at hormones, digestive health, you've been working with your doctor, it's just not working out, I'm happy to work with you. I work with patients locally here in San Diego and all over the country. Learn more about me at shinenaturalmedicine.com. That's my practice, and there's a lot more about what we offer. So, Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. North Pole Hotline. Help. My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supply. See stores for details. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.